welcome back to another episode of The, the Mentors. Mentors. This is Vadim. And Sergey. And this is a show where we tell stories of... <laughs> oh, what do we tell stories of? I don't of really it? even know. People, places, and things. This is a show where we tell stories of ordinary people that became extraordinary entrepreneurs despite lack of money, connections, or experience. And I'm not even sure if I said it in the same order I usually do. My memory is awful. But alas, we tell stories of entrepreneurs that we meet, and we tell you our own entrepreneurial journey because we have been starting businesses since sophomore year of college, most of them unsuccessful, as yes, it were. Unfortunately. Um, but but some of them were able to generate income for us. And today we're gonna talk about a topic that we think is very important and took us a while to learn how to do. And that is the importance of saying fuck. It beep it beep it. The importance uh, of saying beep it. Yes, we uh, just wanted an excuse to say the f word a bunch of times during this episode, so we decided want to throw it right in the title. That's right. <laughs> uh, now, entrepreneurs and creators of all kinds say f it all the time, all the time, all of it. Every, we say it every week. I say it in the morning. In fact, <laughs> I wake up. I say, you know what? I want to sleep more. F it. F it. I will not sleep more. No, that's not even a good Um, (laughs) But, you know, even the folks that you might see, that you might admire, such as famous actors or top chefs or whatever it might be, those people are oftentimes... That's the best you can think of as actors and top chefs. Well, I actually (laughs) just wanted to name a few examples. Even though one top chef? Race car drivers. Okay. People that you want to be like, that you aspire to be like, oftentimes those people... Even if they're not entrepreneurs, they are entrepreneurial because they know how to say F it. They know how to take risks. And oftentimes, it's not talent alone that makes those people successful. There are plenty of incredibly talented people that never really get that far. And that's because they're not willing to take those risks. And so that's really what this episode is all about. If you want to create, if you want to put things out there, at a certain point, you know, you have to be willing to say F it. I'm going to put it out into the world, and I don't care if people hate it and if people hate me, but this is my creation, and um, hopefully I won't get a ton of anxiety from putting it out in the world. I mean, you do have to do that. You have to have uh, some, uh, I guess, uh, confidence in order to put yourself out there, absolutely, but the reason why we wanted to make a whole episode about this and maybe even an episode series as we learn more and more stories about other people that have said F it and where we come up with more examples of when we said can I say fuck? Let me just say fuck. I really want to say fuck right now. Uh, fuck it. Fuck. Uh, as we learn more stories, we think it'll be better for you to kind of hear about it and see, okay, you know what? I'm going to apply it to my own life and it's going to help me uh, get out there and try to succeed. Every single entrepreneur that we have had on this podcast does this on a regular basis. They just jump into things um, even if they're really afraid. And we know, and we, I think we've talked about this in the past, that humans, just the way that we are, we use fear to avoid situations that could be potentially dangerous, but also fear is something that oftentimes is manufactured and in fact is it really inflates the negative potential outcomes that might come of us trying something new. And oftentimes that's why people don't try new things. So that's really what we're talking about here today. And quick disclaimer, uh, this is Vadim. If any of my uh, students are listening to this episode, especially the high school students, I'm sorry in advance for all the F-bombs. Just pretend I'm saying fire. That's what fire is. That's what all the, that's what all the cool kids are saying now. That's fire. The importance really? of saying fire it. Oh, what kids uh, are saying? It doesn't work. Kids are saying fire? People are saying fire now. For what? About what? Like, instead of that's lit or that's dope or that's radical, dude. Do people don't say that? But they say that's fire. 
Everything's fire. Our nephew says it. Really? I don't even know. Shout that. out to Max. Hey, Max. And Den. Hey, guys. Uh, <laughs> you guys are fire. They are quite fire. Please don't listen to this episode. You're way too young to hear us say this. Well, uh, anywho. Hopefully, they have they know that these words exist, and it. Uh, I think it drives the point home. The first story we're going to talk to you about is when we decided to say fuck it and emailed somebody that we really admired and asked them for something. So how did this story go, Vadim? Who was that individual? This individual was none other than Jordan Harbinger of the Jordan Harbinger Show, formerly The Art of Charm. He's a podcaster. He uh, is actually an awesome human being, an entertainer, incredibly smart, knows five languages, uh, and is really an expert in persuasion. We met him at the podcast conference that you guys probably heard us talk about a million times. And we developed a loose connection there, but basically we wanted to follow up to see, can we collaborate in some way? Maybe we can be guests on a show or something, get a shout out. He actually talked about how to grow podcasts at the event. He held a panel that we attended. And so we thought, why not try to leverage some of the things that we learned from him on him? Thanks, Jordan. Thanks, buddy. Uh, well, maybe not, we're not with buddies him, yet. Not on him. <laughs> with, with him. With him. So Jordan... We had a few brief interactions with him. It's not like we I can tell you that we were besties by the end of this event. No, we probably talked to him for a grand total of 60 seconds over two encounters, maybe two minutes. But what happened was we did exchange business cards, and you should check out the Jordan Harbinger show if you haven't yet. Uh, they He just started his new show in February, and they already get, I think, about 3 million listeners a month. And uh, he... I gave him my business card, and he actually ended up emailing me. We were going to get in touch with him just to follow up after conference because you should do that after a conference. But he emailed us uh, shortly after the conference, and it was probably not a personalized email. I mean, it did say, hey, Sergey, hey, Vadim, but uh, he sent us probably the same email. He sent a lot of people to acknowledge that they met, to establish a connection with them, and to say, hey, if you haven't checked out my show, here it is. And so we could have left it alone actually very easily, and we very nearly did because we thought we weren't ready to make this ask of him because we're, our show was just not big enough yet. And this was the conference was in July, so it was end of July and beginning of August where, when we did this. But we remember him talking at the event when he talked about growing your podcast that sometimes you can ask podcast hosts to mention your show at the end of their show, post-roll. It's a spot that advertisers and sponsors don't really care about, and so they're more likely to say yes. And so I was sitting with Vadim, and I was I told him that Jordan had emailed us, and we weren't really going to do much with it. What did you say, Vadim, to me? Well, I said, no, we, we have to... You said, fuck it. I said, fuck it. <laughs> uh, not right away, though. At first, I was like, yeah, you're right. You know, who the hell are we? But then I thought... We talked to this gentleman. We went to his panel. We've been following his stuff for a while. He emailed us. Let's just freaking try something. Yeah. And uh, the the first, we took a step back because everybody always talks about you have to add value, right? And we do too. <laughs> so let's eat our own dog food here. So we ate some dog food and we decided, you know what? A good idea. Yeah. A good idea would be to to figure out a way to to where we personally in a unique way could add value to him and we're contributing authors we were actually already planning on writing an article about uh the podcasts that have affected us as entrepreneurs and certainly his is one of them as well and we thought you know what why don't we ask him to include us in post role but in exchange if he's willing to do that we'll be happy to write an article featuring him or even i believe we didn't even say if he's willing to do that 
I think we were coming in by saying, hey, we're going to feature you in our new article. By the way, if you don't mind, uh, can you please uh, feature us at the end of your episode, right? Something like that. And since he's the one that suggested asking podcast hosts this, he said yes. And in fact, we, we made it really easy for him. We wrote... A well, fifth- actually, the, the way that it happened is we didn't follow up for about a week, right? Or we didn't hear back from about a week. And uh, then sort of the next step when we talked to each other, we said, well, how do we make this as easy as possible for him to kind of act on it. That's right, because I think he was traveling, and even though he said he was going to do this for us, we had no idea when, we had no idea what episode, and so Vadim suggested that we make it super easy for him to feature us on his show. What I was going to do is I was going to ask him, hey, how long do you think the the spot will be when you mention the Mentors podcast? And Vadim wisely suggested that he doesn't have time to do a back and forth with us. Let's just give him a couple different versions. So we wrote a script for a 15-second version and I think a 25-30 second version of an explanation about the mentors. And he actually he ended up doing a 20 to 25 second version, pretty much verbatim what we gave him. And he didn't even do it at the end of the episode. He did it in the middle of the episode, which is awesome because we got a lot of people who ended up hearing it and we were able to to grow our audience our own audience by a good amount because his podcast is actually really big so that on a whim we made that ask and it actually within a couple weeks we were featured on a show which is so cool and we wrote a forbes article that featured him he was obviously very excited he was thankful that we added value then he went ahead and did this for us which was incredibly helpful you know he sat there spent time uh recording this spot for us and it added incredible value to us and guess what now we have an amazing relationship that we didn't have before this in the future if we want to get jordan on our show if we see that he's in new york city we're going to invite him to come on the podcast hell maybe in a year we'll be able to get on his podcast if we have an interesting story to tell his audience but the most important thing is we decided to say fuck it and we had nothing to lose and now we got all this benefit and a new relationship you have to say fuck it very true and you know what even though in reality we did have nothing to lose in our heads initially we were thinking well this is a a great relationship that we're building with this guy we don't want to burn bridges you know he's in the podcast community such a small community we started talking ourselves out of it but luckily we were able to talk ourselves back into it now the next story that we want to tell you about when we said fuck it is uh, when we actually just started our podcast. It was about a month or two into our show. We started this show last January. And we knew that we had to grow our audience somehow. We had to get on other platforms, get on other shows, do something. And one way we thought we would do it is by writing for certain publications. And I think this at this point we had probably about 500 or so monthly listeners. So it was just the beginning, early days. Yeah, and so we actually didn't start reaching out to any publications yet. We had done nothing to this effect. But I remember waking up in New Orleans, I was, or New Orleans, New Orleans, New Orleans, New Orleans, New Orleans, New Orleans. New Orleans. Uh, I was visiting uh, Sergey actually there. He was at the time working for Venture for America. I was there for Selection Day where we helped uh, basically judge the different folks that were going through the process to try to get into the very, very selective fellowship program that Venture for America runs. And I was fortunate enough to be one of the judges. And I remember I woke up in the morning and I was scrolling through my Facebook feed as I usually do or sometimes do or every always day, every day, every hour. Every... No, I'm just kidding. I'm not that addicted. As a matter of fact, I'm trying to use it less, but that's neither here nor there i was uh scrolling through facebook and i follow the account of goalcast now if you don't know goalcast they're an incredible media company and one of the things that they do an amazing job with is they post these incredible motivational videos and i've been watching their videos for a couple of years now they get millions of views and i noticed that they uh were there was basically a post about a new advice column 
and I clicked through to that column, and I realized that they also had a print, or I should say an online print, a publication as well, where people wrote content too. And I read the advice column, and I thought, you know what, this is somewhat interesting, but I could probably do a different one that's about entrepreneurship that's we. even more focused. We. We. There's no I in the mentors. No. It's two of us. We're a package deal, y'all. Yeah, we are. There is an E in the mentors, and there's an E in we, so hence their fourth Irrelevant. So basically, uh, you know, I, I thought I could do a better column and maybe I can do an advice column about entrepreneurship. Why start one from scratch on my own blog when I can use an existing property? So what I did is on a whim, a whim, a whim I decided to write a cold email to the director of marketing at Goldcast. Now, there was also an option to submit ideas on their website, but I thought, that's not going to be as interesting. It might not get a response. And so I found through LinkedIn who the director of marketing was, and I decided to pitch that idea. On that Friday, I cold emailed her, and I gave her a long explanation of my background, some some sort of uh, accolades as well. Sergey and I had been printed on in other mediums like MSNBC. Sergey wrote articles for Forbes before, as he was part of Venture for America. We had our own blog that we wrote for two years ago. And so I sent her some examples of content just to establish credibility, and I pitched this idea for a new advice column. Well, literally the very next day, on a Saturday morning, she responded saying, Vadim, I love what you guys are doing with a mentors, which is really cool. I mean, I, I don't even know if she looked us up, but hell, she liked what we were doing. Fuck it, right? And uh, she said, why don't we start with you sub- being a contributing author and submitting some pieces of content, and later on we could see about uh, about uh, you doing an advice column. And so because we decided to say the F word it, we got this opportunity overnight, literally overnight, to write content for Goldcast, but there's more. There's always there's more. more. There's more. Always more. We started running content for Goldcast that would drive traffic directly to our website um, to links of the the mentors. Yeah, so that they, would also drive subscribers. They didn't pay us. Didn't it pay wasn't us. a relationship where we would be writers that got paid, but we didn't care about that because they don't care if we put links in the articles to our show. Of course, they have to be relevant links, right? Because no one will click on it if it's not relevant, but they don't care about that. And so we get to grow our audience. And we pretty substantially got to grow our audience through that platform uh, oh, yeah. initially. No, the second article I wrote, it was uh, something about the three books that changed my life. It got 10,000 likes on Facebook, probably drove, I don't know, it probably was seen about 30,000 times. I don't remember exactly how much traffic it drove to our website, but obviously it gave us listeners and subscribers. But then when we decided we wanted to be contributing authors on Forbes.com and we started the outreach process there and the pitch process there, we had a ton of content already that we had written over the course of a few months for a credible publication that we could reference. And I'm certain that the reason why we got the yes for Forbes is because we had already uh, had some credibility there as well. So just by saying fuck it, we were able to not only get an opportunity to be contributing authors for one major publication, but it opened the doors to be contributing authors for another massive publication. And it was a completely cold email, remember? So really, it's not like we had a special relationship there. It's not always going to work. And obviously, when you're saying fuck it, you have to think about, okay, what value am I driving with? What can I point to that can say I'm a credible person and you should um, maybe consider me because of uh, the expertise that I have? You still have to kind of package that story. That's incredibly important. We don't want to say start cold emailing uh, ideas to a bunch of publications without any thought behind it. We knew we were already good at writing cold emails, right? You have to hone that craft first, but we got good at it by taking risks before this time as well. So the next story we want to tell you actually has to do with sales. And we talk about sales a lot, right? Just last week, we did a five-minute pick-me-up about the importance of doing door-to-door sales. This particular story came from the time when we were building our first 
sort of, or it wasn't our first startup. It was our first software business that we were legitimately uh, trying to get from up from the ground. And the story about how we closed the first deal, or more importantly, how we got the first customer after using our product for months, I feel like, to actually pay us. And Sergey, how were you able to do that? Because you crushed it. So what I did was we had this guy that was using our product for free. And we were okay with that in the beginning because we had just released our software. We needed feedback from real customers about you know whether it was valuable, about features we could add, etc. But he is somebody that was essentially promising us a 40-person sales team to use our product after he was able to trial it for an extended period of time. And so he kept on leading us on, essentially, with this promise of a pretty big contract coming our way. And so we were okay with giving it to him for free. And a two-week trial turned into a one-and-a-half-month trial, turned into two months, and ultimately three months he was using our product for free and giving us different reasons as to why he wasn't able to introduce us to his VP of sales to pitch the entire team, that he was going to present it, etc. It just, he kept going back and forth and telling us he loves the product, meanwhile. I mean, we were literally building features for him at this point, so we were adding a ton of value. Probably wouldn't do this now that we're a little bit more experienced. We would make sure we're only building features for paying customers, but we were young, dumb, and full of uh, we uh, bad were, ideas. <laughs> bad ideas. Well, also, I mean, if you think about it, uh, we were just trying to create value wherever we can. This was our first time doing it. And so sometimes it's okay to do things for free, I will say. So this is the third month, mind you. And I wake up at 7.30 in the morning to go to a conference, a conference here in New York City at the Javits Center. And I get, I, I open my email. It's, I have this habit of checking my email right when I wake up just to see if there's anything. And I got a, yet another email from this guy asking to extend the trial. And I was pissed off. Yeah. I was. Because I rate. I, I rate. And so I'm in the shower brainstorming how am I going to get, how am I going to close this deal? Great place to brainstorm, by the way. Uh, I love brainstorming in the shower. And I came up with an idea of what I would say to him to essentially force his hand. Because at this point, I was okay with losing him as a customer. I essentially said, fuck it, I don't care anymore. I'm going to go for this kind of wild card move. And And that's when you are the best position to say fuck it is when you feel like you have nothing to lose. And at this point, it's like, all right, I mean, even if we lose him as a customer, not a huge loss. And we're talking about here, we talked about this in our negotiating episode about how to negotiate effectively. And this ability to walk away, it's incredibly powerful. And so... I'm on the bus, sitting on the bus to this conference, and at this point, it's 8.30 in the morning. Crosstown bus, I'll mention, if you're not a New Yorker, super annoying. You're, you were probably frustrated just because you were sitting on that bus in traffic at this point. I was. I was. I was not happy. It was cold. It was winter time, And he gives me a call. And I know this was my moment of truth where I have to go for this wild card move. And so he tells me, Sergey, love, again, love the product. I just need a little bit more time before I can pitch it to my team. There's actually going to be this sales uh, offsite, and I'm going to have the whole sales team in front of me, and I'm going to be able to pitch this product. By the way, quick lesson there. When you're building a product and you have users, and sometimes they will try to offer you the world, or they will kind of dress things up to make things seem really exciting. Lots of times, they're just kicking the tires for one kicking reason or another. Kicking the tires, blowing smoke. Again, inexperienced entrepreneurs will let people lead them on, investors, customers, etc. cetera. Uh, and so we were relatively inexperienced at this point, and we were letting him lead us on. But he starts off the call telling me this and asking for an extension of the trial. And I said, listen. Sir. Sir. 
How dare you? How, da- how dare you? You disrespected me. Do you me. even care about me? Uh, no, we but I... We <laughs> were meant something for each other. Uh, I said to him, listen, you... Do you get value out of this tool? He's like, yeah, I love this tool. I, I love what you guys are doing. Keep doing what you're doing. I'm like, that's great because... We can't keep doing what you're doing without the <laughs> You got to pay us, buddy. No, but I said, look, I have a board meeting this Friday. And we didn't even have a board yet, but hey. Uh, I have a board meeting this Friday. And they're going to ask me... Why is this customer that is using and loving this tool, if they're loving it so much, why aren't they a paying customer? Even though we were a startup, it was common, it's common practice to have an advisory board early on. Now, we didn't really have one yet. We had a few startup friends that essentially were our advisors, but uh, he didn't know that. And so I used this external party essentially as an excuse to say, look, somebody else is going to be uh, on my ass if you don't become a paying customer. And when I told him this, that on this Friday, I'm going to have this board meeting and I need to have a reason for them why you're not paying for this product. Guess what? Later on in the day, he put in his credit card and he started paying for the product. So by saying fuck it and being willing to lose him as a customer, but being willing to shut off that trial and going for the wild card move of essentially using an external party as an excuse as to why I should close this deal, I need to close this deal. It actually worked, and we did end up getting that first paying customer that way. Do you remember exactly how he reacted to you saying that? Uh, and did you take a long pause? We love long pauses, by the way, in negotiations or any kind of conversation where you say something difficult and then you want to hear somebody's reaction. Humans have a tendency of filling the void, but sometimes you just have to say nothing so that the other person can answer for you. I mean, look, he was human. He empathized with me. He said, uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, you're right. I do really like this product. I'm going to... I'm going to try to get that credit card in today. That should be fine. And it wasn't so expensive that he couldn't pay it with his company credit card. And uh, guess what? I, even that even that took an extra, I think, it was like nine hours. And I had to email him the invoice and follow up that day to get him to get that card in. But ultimately ended up working. And he did uh, empathize with the issue that we had, that we needed to close that deal. We needed to make money. Sometimes to get things done, you have to, you know, just kind of say, whatever, I'm going to try it. I'm going to try something new. I'm going to try to say something uncomfortable. I'm going to put myself out there uh, to see what happens. And the more you do it, the less risky it seems. And the more often that you do it and you see the positive result from it, the more you realize this is actually what entrepreneurship is all about. And we want to leave you with our last story of how we're now saying fuck it going forward with a new initiative that we're trying. So uh, recently, I was listening to an episode of The Joe Rogan Show. He's an awesome comedian. Uh, He does really long-form content. Recently, a lot of you guys may have heard he had Elon Musk on the show, Smoking the Reefer. Awesome episode, by the way. Great episode. He didn't even get high, did he? He had a few hits. I mean, he was drinking whiskey the whole episode, too, so I think that he got more buzzed than high. But it's just really cool to hear Elon Musk riffraff with Joe Rogan and kind of hear how his brain thinks. Part of the cool thing is it's long-form content, and so you really get to experience the guest and get into their brain. And so I kind of got hooked on Joe Rogan. Hooked on Joe, if you will, not the coffee. And uh, I listened to recently another episode with Kevin Smith. And actually, this particular episode was recorded back in May. It was about three months after Kevin Smith had a heart attack. If you guys don't know who Kevin Smith is, he uh, is Bob or Silent Bob from uh, the Clerks movies, I'm right? Sure. Jay and Silent Bob. Was he Silent Bob? That's right. He, he was, was a silent one, yeah. yeah. Hence their fourth 
Silent Bob. And so uh, he turns out has a beautifully baritone voice and is not silent at all. As a matter of fact, uh, he loves to talk, and uh, I could hear this from the podcast, the passion in, in, in the art of podcasting, so much so that it turns out that he actually has his own network of podcasts. The network's called Smodcast, and I think that's the name of his main podcast as well. And so he was on the Joe Rogan Show talking about a bunch of random stuff. Really cool episode as well. And I thought, you know, how cool it is to listen to him on this episode. And I really value the fact that I never really knew that much about Kevin Smith. And now I get to kind of experience him through this long-form content. And I thought to myself, our show, The Mentors, is not just about entrepreneurs. It's about creators in general. People that make something out of nothing. I don't care if you're a writer, a dancer, a singer, uh, an entrepreneur. We've had a dancer. We had a comedian, right? It's an entrepreneurial journey to be a creator, to put your craft out there, to hopefully make money from it and all this stuff. And I thought, let's. we want to have really cool guests on our show as well. So we can have these types of conversations. We're different than Joe Rogan. Our thing is we love to dig into the stories. We love to find out how things are done, package them apart. And I want to find out these things from important people. And so I thought, Kevin Smith, great voice. He actually is from New Jersey. He's in LA now, but he comes to New York City often. Why not try to reach out to him directly? Screw it. And so we came up with this whole idea. Fuck it, really, to be exact. But we came up with this whole idea where... We're going to start reaching out to notable people. It could be celebrities, but most likely, really the only barometer, really there's two kind of things. They have to be a creator. They have to be well-known or relatively well-known for their craft. And they have to have a podcast. And the reason for that is, well, first of all, we want to bring better and better guests for you. We've had public company CEOs. We've had uh, folks that have sold their businesses for $500 million. But um, we know that oftentimes it's helpful to hear from people that you recognize and understand how they got to where they are. And we're very good at digging into the how, I think, at least we've been told. Um, So... Those are the kind of people that we're going to reach out to. And the reason why we want them to have a podcast is because ultimately we hope that if the experience is good for them of being on our show, we can be on their show and we can both continue growing our audiences. And so, of course, it's not completely selfless that we're doing this. Right. But uh, more importantly, we want to create great content and we think that it's going to be valuable for them to get access to our audience as well and uh, maybe get featured in one of our stories that we write. So... I decided, let me send a cold message to Kevin Smith. Now, I will say that the usual approaches that I would use to send a message uh, didn't really work, right? I thought, let me just find his email address on his website and email him. No, that's not how it works with uh, famous people. And so I decided first, as a first step, and by the way, I just did this a few days ago, as a first step, I will send him a message on social media. I've heard of celebrities obviously love to tweet and use Instagram and all that stuff, and they check those messages themselves. I've heard it from famous people, right? They, they will sit there and check those messages. And so I thought, let's start with Instagram. So a couple days ago, I sent him a pretty long Instagram message saying that I loved him on the show and I'd love to do some things together. Now, I will say he hasn't responded yet, and I have a few other tactics that I'm going to use. I might reach out to him on Twitter. I probably will eventually reach out to his uh, publicist or his agent or whoever it is to try to see if there's a way to get to him through a third party. But first, I wanted to go direct. And I'm just saying, fuck it. Let's see if this happens. Maybe he'll be in New York in a couple weeks. He'll remember that he got this Instagram message from some random bearded twin. And he'll say, I have some a few minutes free. Fuck it. Let me go to a studio and record an episode. Or maybe nothing will happen. But at the very least, it's a new initiative we're trying. And you never know where it's going to lead. So hopefully you are motivated by listening to this episode to try that thing that you thought was risky, but really the downside is really not much for most 
risks, unless it's a financial risk, the downside is fairly low, especially when it comes to talking to somebody important, asking somebody for something. We tell students this all the time, especially young people have a difficulty doing this. So go out there and do that thing that you were afraid to do. Ask that favor that you were afraid to ask for. And hey, say fuck it because you never know how it's going to turn out. And Kevin, if you're listening to this episode, you're obviously not. But if you are, I know that you've recently gone vegan to be healthier. And I promise to get you the tastiest vegan meal in New York City that you can find. Even though I know you probably know some of the stuff, but I will get it for you. I will take you there. It'll be a date. You will say no. (laughs) I will pay. I will cry. We will be together forever. (laughs) All right, right, that's awkward. Uh, I really hope that Kevin doesn't listen to this now because he definitely will not agree to be on the show. But anyways, that's it for the mentors for the week. Have a wonderful week. And until next week. Next week. The Mentors.